Finding shape inside my chest I'm omnipotent in the way that it arrests Every sense and every lesson I wanna make a call, I guess Thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 43. My name is Matt, and I'm joined today by Tom. Hey, Matt. How's it going, man? It's going good. Ready to digest some cinema. Nice. It's going to be great. Nice. And that's uh, <laughs> chiming in there, and that is Travis. What's going on, buddy? Yo, yo, yo. Uh, not a lot. Labor Day weekend is coming to a close. Yeah, we're closing it out. We're uh, recording about a week later than we usually would. We're getting on a different two-week cycle because I'm going to be out of town. Uh, and also, I didn't see one of the movies we're going to be reviewing when we were going to record last week. So, postponed it a week. But we're here now. The movies in question, we're going to be talking about Crazy Rich Asians and Searching. And joining us today... Uh, a residence Asian and yeah. a good friend of mine, uh, Cyrus. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, as I said, Cyrus, uh, you are Chinese? You know, I get that question asked a lot, and I'm pretty sure I am. <laughs> <laughs> Confidently Chinese here on the podcast with us today. So I'll be chiming in on, uh, you know, the immigrant experience and uh, all things Asian as we discuss uh, Crazy Rich Asians. So uh, we'll be getting that in a little bit. Uh, first things first, though, what's been going on? It's Labor Day weekend. What have you guys been up to? Hmm. It's been a few weeks. Um, I went to Base Canyon, the uh, EDM festival at the Gorge in uh, George, Washington, Quincy. Gorge, Washington. No, <laughs> no, I think he's right. It is Gorge, Washington. Around there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. Very bass heavy. A little too much dubstep. But um, I thought you loved dubstep. I do like dubstep a lot, but I more prefer trap. And there was not as much trap as I was hoping. Didn't you know what the lineup was before you went? Yeah, but djs can throw curveballs and play whatever like for example bro safari i would say he's more on like the trap or like Moombaton side he played an entire dubstep set i didn't even recognize one of the songs he played and like he was one of the ones i was most excited to see so yeah that's just like a wait what was that one after trap Moombaton. 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 what the fuck is that it's another form of edm it sounds like some sort of Brazilian. <laughs> Lots of steel drums. Lots of steel drums. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know how to describe it, but um, I can play some for you guys later if you'd like. Or we yeah. can maybe put it some in as the uh, intro music or something. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to broaden my horizons. I feel like there's some untapped, you know, untapped welts in EDM Definitely. for me. Yeah. So Bro Safari playing a dubstep set, is that like disappointing is that like metallica playing a, an eagles cover set <laughs> no not really i mean it's all kind of in the same ballpark but yeah slander was the best though slander slander was the best yeah they did uh yeah by uh usher yep that was killer <laughs> was usher there <laughs> no <laughs> it was a good blast from the past though mm. when they dropped that did anybody ask you for one more dance nope and you were like yeah 
<laughs> no, we were in the VIP though. That was pretty dope. Mm. Did, you, did you have like VIP tickets or how did that work? Yeah, VIP tickets, uh, expedited entry. We had our own little spot, own little drinking area, own little porta potty section. Felt like kings. It was great. Wow. Do you have a bouncer of some sort? There was like security at the at the front of the gate, making sure none of those non-VIP people got in. Keeping the riffraff out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed at Wild Horse. That was cool. Uh, it's like a third-party campsite around oh. the gorge. Okay. Got a shuttle to and from. Has green grass. Crazy thought, I know, to have green grass out there. Um, Isn't it nothing but green grass out there? The Not gorge? The Dude, oh, the gorge is dead. Yeah. Yeah, the whole campground is just dead. Uh, hot water, clean porta potties. Wow. Soap, paper towels. It was amazing. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Living like a king. Yes. Well, if you know what the GA camping experience is like, then yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's awful. It's Terrifying. Yeah. You ever camped at the gorge, Cyrus? No, I've uh, never actually been to the gorge. Oh, oh man. Yeah. You're missing out. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> the camping at the gorge sucks, but. Seeing a show at the Gorge, it's amazing. Yeah, right. shows are great. Give it a shot Camping is pretty fun though if you're young, because you can just get lit, stay like up all night. Oh, I was. I know? thought you were talking about like children. Toast <laughs> no, s'mores. just a little bit younger than I am now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I had a good time. Yeah, when I went. Nice. Well, uh, Tom, what about you? Um, I went to Victoria, Canada, with Sarah for our anniversary. That was lovely, um, and probably do it different this time. We stayed like too far out of there, and we didn't bring our car because it's more expensive to bring it on the ferry, and we were trying to save money, and it was just like such a bitch to get in and out Airbnb? <laughs> of the downtown. Yeah, Airbnb. Yeah. Um, and also, we didn't take the Clipper, so we had like the worst of both worlds because you can't take your car on the Clipper, but it's faster and easier. So we did the hard way and no car. And I think we maybe saved like $40. <laughs> but it was still a really fun trip. Did you just go just for fun? Or was there a purpose? It was our anniversary trip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then I helped Sarah set up her classroom today. First day of school is tomorrow. Back to Exciting school. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> really glad I'm not walking into those halls tomorrow. Right. But pretty cool classroom looks really good she's not going on strike no no she found out really recently actually that she's not going on strike <laughs> just so you know we're not going on strike well i mean no they had like a meeting you know because she's new at that school so it's like hey great it's your first day we have a union meeting tonight you're obligated to be there <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to decide whether or not we're going to strike see you there 6 30 oh wow <laughs> so they vote on it or yeah, basically. Well, I mean, that's if they don't come to, like, if the reps don't come to an agreement with, I don't know the whole process, but basically with the district, if they don't come to an agreement, then all of the union members would vote whether or not to go on strike. So they came to an agreement. Sarah should have led the strike. I'm probably, like, revealing information, like, insider information that's not allowed. She's going to be, like, star in that uh, The Hate You Give trailer where she's, like, standing on the cop car, putting the oh fist in the air, just like Sarah, just, like, in front of City Hall. Just like <laughs> She's actually re I think she just finished reading that, actually. Oh, did she? Yeah. Nice. Preparation. Uh, so, a little behind-the-scenes uh, podcast knowledge. Uh, 
me and Cyrus are sharing a mic, and so using the mic stand, I'm going to try just uh, passing the mic that back and forth. That looks much better. You looked pretty uncomfortable <laughs> during our intro. We gotta, we're at a circular <laughs> table, because usually in the past when we've shared mics, <clears throat> we would be sitting, like, people who were sharing mics would be right next to each other, so they could just lean in back yeah. and forth. Um, but maybe we'll get... These table legs just aren't doing it for us. Not conducive to, to sharing. <laughs> nope. But uh, Cyrus and I will pass the mic back and forth. That way, I think the sound quality overall will be will be better so and you look cool when you do it yeah cool yeah i feel like i'm on doug loves movies <laughs> uh what'd you do matt i had a very very lazy labor day weekends yeah. uh friday night me and my girlfriend our goal was to stay up and watch uh the sunrise together i love that movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um Made it to about 4.30 in the morning. Wow. And uh, we had just had a cup of coffee about 3.30 in the morning. Uh, I was playing Octopath. I was uh, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. And uh, Haley was playing Stardew Valley. Awesome. And she was playing it on the TV so I could hear what was going on. I just hear like, thump, 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 thump. And I was like, what the fuck is she doing? I look over and she's like passed out on the couch with the controller <laughs> in her lap. Just walking into a wall over and over <laughs> So she was, I woke her up and she was like, yeah, I think we need to go to bed. We're not going to make it. What a trooper. Well, when was sunrise? How much How much time did you miss? We were by? like two hours short. Sunrise yeah. is at like 630. Should have just had some more coffee. You could have gone to bed and then gotten up for sunrise. That's not the same. God, that sounds brutal. Because then you're just waking up. <laughs> that really sounds brutal. We both sound brutal. But once you go to bed, it's you're kind of there. You know. I don't know. We had like a whole discussion over this weekend about how. I always set alarms on the weekends, and Sarah hates it. Yeah. And then I woke up at 7 without an alarm. It's you not that bad. No. You can do it. Just depends on what time you go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's not really worth it. For the, Like, seeing it at the sea of the sunrise was more just about the experience and less about the sunrise. Because we're on the West Coast, so there's mountains to the east. Like, you can't... Yeah. It's hard to watch the sunrise. You just see the, the, sun, the sky light up slowly. Right. You know what I mean? Um, You're not supposed good. to be at home when you do that. You're supposed to be like driving around, like sitting by a lake or something. Well, we were. Our plan was to go to Golden Gardens. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. But didn't make it. Uh, besides that, played a bunch of video games. Watched. Uh, I saw both the movies we're reviewing this weekend. So did that. Not a whole lot. Pretty uneventful. Um, what's coming up? Oh, I'm uh, seeing this band called Level Up. In two days You've on Wednesday. You've seen them before, right? Uh, I've seen them before. I just saw them at the uh, West Seattle uh, the Sub Pop mm. 30th uh, Anniversary Festival. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> they're breaking up, so this is their last uh, Seattle show. Oh, no. So, Tearful yeah. goodbye. Yeah. Gonna go see them, but that's about it. Uh, Cyrus, what about you, man? What's been going on? How was your Labor Day weekend? What's been going on leading up to it? First time on the show. Just uh, tell us what's, Start at uh, birth. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, what, what was the name of the hospital you were born at? Well, I was born in a far, far away hospital of Valley Medical Center. Hey, mm. me too. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> foreigner over here. Uh, November. You're October? Yeah. Are we same year? Uh, 88? No. Oh, bummer. 90. Oh, I'm an old fart that's <laughs> yeah, all right anyway. you haven't hit the big 3-0 quite yet very close but um no this weekend i was pretty low-key for me i just worked on motorcycles and stuff like that and um see matt invited me to be on the podcast so i went to go watch crazy rich asians last night 
which makes me feel like a bad Asian because I feel like I should have seen it <laughs> earlier. I mean, so you saw it out of obligation. Uh, you know, to a degree. Yeah, I mean, kind of <laughs> being an Asian means I do a lot of things out of obligation. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a filial filial piety thing. I don't know. I'm really bad at pronouncing things too, so that's going to happen all night. Perfect. <clears throat> nice. Well, anything else uh, you guys want to mention before we get into our, uh, our first review here? I did go to the uh, Evergreen State Fair yesterday, mainly to watch the Destruction Derby, Demo Derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of underwhelming, the whole thing. It was a lot more fun when I was younger, mm. maybe because it was like on my uncle's dime, or maybe just because I... Was uh, more joyful back in the day. <laughs> yeah, and up bigger. on life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of the events were cool within the whole, like, car show, but, like, the fair itself, pretty lame. Mm. Like, unless you want to pet some animals or uh, look at them or eat some food, there's really not much else to do. And the lines were so long for everything. Like, the line for the scones, even at 10 o'clock at night, was, like, probably 100 people deep. And I was like... What? Not worth it. Dude, yeah, scones, yeah. just in general, are not not worth it. They're really you good. You should have been in the elephant deer line. Yeah. That line was long too. Was it a hundred deep? No, but you fucked up. Get in man. that line. Well, we had already been eating a bunch before, so we just skipped out on dessert. But mm. you know, you always got room for a scone, but not if you're gonna do you? for an hour. <laughs> scones aren't that big. Guess it depends on where you're going. Who's providing the scone? I've seen some pretty, oh, well, the fair pretty large, pretty, pretty dense scones. It's just like a biscuit, you know, mm. like a small biscuit. I don't know. I haven't been. In, I've never been to a state farm in Washington. Oh, a state a farm state fair? You mean a state fair? <laughs> 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 I've been uh, to several state farms. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers is better. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the demoter was kind of lame. It was like. The cars stopped working very shortly after the race began, and so most of them were just, like, barely bumping into each other. <laughs> like, enough to keep the race going, but not enough to, like, excite the audience. Yeah. Crazy 8 buses were cool. Uh, they blew up a van. That was kind of cool. Was it like that scene in Cars 3? The Crazy 8 scene? No. No? Not. That I was mean, good? I'm trying to blank on the... Cars crazy. That was when uh, when Lightning McQueen was uh, was training, and they brought him out. Was that when Mater just spilled that fire line? <laughs> no, that was at the end of the movie. <laughs> no, this was uh, a. The it they went to this like dumpy town. It was like a, a bunch I of like, redneck cars. About, I don't remember and... it being a crazy eight. Yeah, it was there. Oh right, it was like the main event type thing, and he was like. Yeah, it was it was that. a it was a demo derby, but it was a crazy eight track. Right. Yeah, no, it was probably track. better in Cars Three. <laughs> I, I mean, this is probably bad to say as like an audience member, but like I want to see mass destruction. You want to see bodies flying through windshields? <laughs> yes, but I realized that there's safety precautions, so mm. most of them were trying to avoid each other in the crazy eights. But sometimes like they'd get super close, which would make it exciting, or sometimes they'd clip them or something. But like. I want to see like a fucking T bone at like yeah. forty miles an hour. But then the race is over, you know. <laughs> no, they just put out the yellow flag, clear them out, and then keep going. <laughs> that was kind of sorry not to go too long on this, but uh, the whole yellow flag thing, like the warning to like you know clear out the make it safe again or whatever. 
they did that way too many times and it just it loses momentum for the audience as well as the racers right killing the vibe let them play you know that's what i say yeah but yeah it it was still pretty fun but not for 40 bucks fair (laughs) enough Hmm. hey uh okay cool anything else no all right Let's do this. First review, we're going to be talking about Crazy Rich Asians. We have a clip. Here we go. Hi, I'm Rachel. Oh, I know. Rachel. Rachel. I heard you thought Alma was the cook. Ah. On the bright side, you're the talk of the party. People like your dress. Oh, I did that. Oh, Anna. This is a chic 70s goddess. So, Oliver, are you a cousin, too? Mm. Well, I'm one of the poor relations, the rainbow sheep of the family. <laughs> but I make myself useful. Whatever the youngs want, I procure. Golden koi fish, Hongwali furniture, mm. a rare Cambodian gong. Why would they want to buy a rare Cambodian gong? <laughs> because they can. All right, Crazy Rich Asians is directed by John Chu. Film stars... Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Michelle Yao, and Aquafina. Plot synopsis reads, This contemporary romantic comedy based on a global bestseller follows native New Yorker Rachel Chu to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family. Uh, this movie has gotten a lot of buzz, both for being a good movie and two, uh, an important, I don't know if it's a step forward, but important in the sense of representation within film it's all asian actors um you don't see a lot of films with asian leads especially like hollywood films uh this movie's got a big budget it's doing really well at the box office um so it's it's important that people are actually going out supporting this movie and it's showing people that like yeah you can cast an asian cast that isn't fucking house of flying daggers or or, um hero you know just because jet lee's not in it doesn't mean that americans aren't going to want to see it um so having said that what did you guys think of crazy rich asians or crazians as we like to call it around these parts should we let the guests go first you want to go first iris i thought uh as a movie itself it was fairly boring at the beginning however it did pick up a lot near the end um but what I think is important to note is in the past, was it, quarter of a century, there hasn't been a primarily Asian cast in a Hollywood film since Joy Luck Club. So I do I think it's... I that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michelle... No, not Michelle Yao. Um, the grandmother actually played a character in Joy Luck Club, which is an, another... Mm. Yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, no, so I do think it is an important movie in that sense. And, you know, the ending acts are very solid. So, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Cool. Me next. Go for it. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, for a rom-com, I thought it was done very well. Uh, I feel like we don't get very many good rom-coms these days. And when we do, it's like primarily focused on just the main two characters this movie was pretty grand in its scope um it felt 
kind of epic and followed multiple storylines and multiple characters and gave them all like a decent amount of screen time. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I didn't think it was hilarious. Could have been funnier, um, but I thought it was a good story, entertaining. I didn't really feel its length or anything at all. I felt its length. Mm. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Shots fired. Here we go. Uh, I was pretty excited to see it. Like I thought it was going to be pretty entertaining. Um, I thought the performances were bad the writing was bad i didn't think it was funny and i think i've seen many many better rom-coms <clears throat> i was also really excited to sh see like the overt wealth you know and see what kind of stuff they did with that you know just some eye candy and i just wasn't really that impressed i mean i know they had a lot of like like the home is incredible but how about that plane, dude? Hmm? How about the plane at the start? Yeah, the plane was cool, but like, I mean, Singapore look at the... itself looks very well. It did look cool, but there was something about it that just looked kind of like, it seemed kind of shallow, like everything that, that you were seeing, you know, it didn't really have anything that hooked me in. Like, I'd rather see the cars in Fast and Furious than the cars that I saw in this movie, you know, or like... You know, like more coach purses? And stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know what I wanted, honestly. Like, just more, more opulence. I wanted to see people eating fucking lobster, you know. They something. ate lobster like right at the. They did eat lobster, they did. Right, but I want to see a lot of people just like gorging themselves, yeah. like, like gluttony. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the diamonds and stuff, and when that when she goes into the jewelry store, that like. Don't get me wrong. Everybody is clearly portrayed as massively wealthy. I just didn't really... It wasn't eye candy for me the way that that other movies are. Um, and then I think the last thing I'll say just for general impressions is that I didn't really get the message and I felt like there were a lot of different directions that they could have gone with this movie that would have made it more entertaining. I wanted more of like a Mean Girls vibe. Like when she starts to get attacked by the other girls in her crew or in the in the group that are there. Um, oh man, Sarah had another movie that was a good example, but I can't remember. Um, mean Girls was what came came to mind for me. Uh, but just the way that the whole thing went down at the end, I thought was kind of uninspired, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and I hated the proposal on the plane. I thought that was really bad. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of in between you two, Tom and Travis. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I definitely felt the length. Uh, I feel like the middle third of the movie, I was really starting to lose interest. Um, real quick, I will mention, I feel like we should do like a little spoiler talk on this one. Um, regarding the end of the movie, it's like Tom kind of, uh, as far as <laughs> Tom's got a mouthful of pork belly right now. Um, he kind of keyed into feeling underwhelmed by that ending. And I, I like the ending quite a bit. It kind of, it, it flipped in a way that I wasn't expecting, but the way it ultimately ended, it's pretty cliche. So a little disappointing. I think we'll have to that. get into it on like more 
minute details. Yeah, but <clears throat> still, while we're uh, spoiler-free, um, I also didn't think it was that funny. Uh, I think Aquafina's character was the, f- the funniest yeah, part. Yeah, her she had the, the cousin. Lines. I thought yeah. she was going to be like too much, but she was actually pretty funny. I wanted more. Yeah, me too. I wish she was a, a bigger character. In she it. seems like she could become like pretty obnoxious pretty fast. Yeah. As but... far as like character beats. Like right. a Zach Galifianakis or something. Like They just do their shtick one too many times and it's like, okay. That movie is nothing without Zach Galifianakis though. <laughs> <laughs> the hangover. <laughs> but <laughs> they they sprinkled her in and I, I, I liked the moments that she was in. And they had Oliver, the cousin, uh, he was cool too. Um, going back to what you said though, Travis, as far as like the, the epic scope of it and the multiple stories, I didn't like the side stories, especially there's like a side story involving like an affair that I thought was super lame. Like there were no emotional stakes there. Like I didn't care about those characters. So they spent a, a decent amount of time kind of fleshing out that storyline and yeah, uh, the, the movie didn't need it. I feel like it didn't really add anything to the movie other yeah. than, you know, she's a strong, independent woman. I kind of and... assumed that that was maybe a big part of the book that they tried to just like they wanted to include that character because she has her own arc. Clearly, she has her own experience that is pertinent to to what the book yeah, is trying kind of to tell. Franchise, man. <laughs> well, and it, I mean, it's a whole universe. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a trilogy of books, right? Yeah, so they're supposed to actually flesh out that whole affair thing in the second book or second movie or whatever. I haven't actually read any of the books, and I actually never heard of the books until the movie was announced, so I don't know where that's going, actually. Just wait. It's going to be the Dark Knight of the trilogy. <laughs> it's the Dark Knight for Asians. Um, so, but overall, um, I teared up couple times pass the test of course i did yeah pass <laughs> the test uh the proposal what loved it on the plane loved it and also um we'll get into it in spoiler there's a conversation that the, the main character has with the mother of her boyfriend that i thought was was pretty good well acted i thought like the sentiment was was powerful i don't know i liked it um but ultimately pretty generic rom-com um it's a little bit better than a generic rom-com no come on it's not no All of, like the class <laughs> and like culture stuff i feel like you don't usually get any of that in rom-com that wasn't very interesting though it was mostly just like rich people or assholes and yeah like, yeah but like the whole storyline with like um the main woman and like where she comes from and like where his mom comes from. She was from the least interesting lead role that I could possibly imagine. The mom or the main or Rachel? Rachel. They I, open I her Rachel. up with like her game theory thing, right? She teaches game theory. It's like the first 10 seconds of the movie. And then none of this comes into play until until, you know, we're really deep into the into the plot. Like where was her, you know, where was her spunk? Right. Well, actually <clears throat> When it comes down to it, uh, my favorite scene was actually the Mahjong scene near the end. Right. And the game theory part actually does play a huge part in that, especially if you've ever played Mahjong. There's actually a lot of depth to it, and you see the cards they're playing and everything like that. There's a lot of symbolism with each card that's dealt into the uh, middle of the table. Someone who wasn't familiar wouldn't catch no. that. No. Yeah. Actually, there's actually um, quite a few things in the movie that 
you might not catch unless yeah. you have some sort of just say it. rudimentary <laughs> understanding of the culture. No. <laughs> well, no, it's actually. I mean, there's 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 a certain amount of depth to the movie that isn't apparent as just a rom com. Um, and there's a lot of discussion online about, you know, from different Asian cultures about the movie that, you know, there's certain inaccuracies, whatever. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, there's a lot of stratification, actually, within different Asian uh, cultures about the movie. And uh, kind of going off of that, there was one line that I kind of picked up on Um they one of the characters, I think it was Aquafina. She calls Rachel a banana, <laughs> and then she elaborates on what that means: yellow on the outside, white on the inside. And that that's not like a term that I'm familiar with. But uh, Rachel's reaction to that is, "I know what a banana is," you know. So it didn't feel f- forced in that. <clears throat> that's not a term that I was familiar with. They did explain what it means, but then the character within the scene was like, yeah, I know what a banana is, you know? So it's like they they were able to explain it to, like, a white audience. I wouldn't have known what she meant. Like, if they didn't take that next step, I would have been like, banana, what are you talking about? Once she explains it, it's pretty clear right. what she means. But I thought that was a really nice subtlety that, I mean, is that is that, a, like, a, a term that is, is used very often? Like, had you heard the term banana before when talking about like a an american born uh, asian immigrant is that something that people use or or no uh no i've heard the term twinkie before um, <laughs> that's pretty good banana makes sense i mean i understood what she meant immediately when she said banana especially uh me being an american born chinese i've been called extremely white not by uh just chinese people but also white people it was very funny actually when i was in hong kong there was this american guy from the valley and he was going on and on and this guy was fucking wasted (laughs) but he was going oh dude you're so much whiter than me and i'm like what the fuck does that mean (laughs) then i don't know well and it's like that you know um i don't know i guess certain microaggressions or whatever where he's just talking about oh how how amazing he feels being in Hong Kong. How everyone wants to come up to him and talk to him about, oh, can you hold my baby? Can you take a picture of me and all this shit? And I'm like, oh, so you like Hong Kong because you feel like you're special here and amazing. That's great. <laughs> like, you know, fucking Kevin Costner, white savior thing going on. <laughs> so I don't know. That's that's kind of a tangent, but we love tangents on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, those elements of the movie I thought were, were interesting and well done. But when you when you remove that, which maybe that's not fair to say, it's a, that's a big part of this film's identity. But when you, we should say for the sake of argument, you remove that stuff away, it's a pretty generic romantic comedy. It's got a happy ending. There's It's not a twist, but, you know, it's a, a red herring. You're expected to believe yeah. one thing and then it goes the other way. There's an emotional climax in the movie. There's a sappy, you know, love, not confession of love, but I mean, we've said the proposal, we've said already, um, without getting deeper into that, you know, that's a rom-com cliche. What I would say is for me, like the, the way that I would phrase that is 
not that when you take it away, it's a generic rom-com. It's that it was like mostly generic rom-com with what felt to me like just you take a normal um, interaction in a rom-com or like kind of a cliche experience or something. And then you just substitute material that an American audience isn't traditionally familiar with, which is cool and has value in and of itself. Like, for example, a Mahjong game instead of like they're playing poker at the end, right? Like, I didn't even know if she won at the end. I was like, she puts her her things down. I'm like, did she just like fold or what (laughs) What happened? I I assume she won, but. I assumed, so I've never played Mahjong, but I assumed just by the way it was directed that there was symbolism in the, what the, you know, the pieces she was about to play. Cause you can see it from her perspective. The mother doesn't see which piece she's going to play, but the camera very purposely multiple times zooms in on a specific piece. So I didn't, yeah. If there was some sort of underlying symbolism with that specific piece, I don't know if you can shed light on what what's uh, yeah, importance that piece had or Yeah, I can I can um shed some light on this. So there's multiple aspects of symbolism in the game they play. Um one part that you see early on is they're throwing out these character tiles. There's an east and a west tile, you know, and the uh uh-huh. they're throwing out the east tile. She's you know, from Singapore. I do get it. The daughter's throwing out West. You know, that's okay. that's pretty straightforward. Um, and at the end, uh, it shows both of their hands. So if you've never played Mahjong before, uh, it's a lot like, I guess, Rummy. So Oh, yeah. Right. So what you're trying to do is build up a hand, right? And for Mahjong, depending on what hand you build, you have a stronger hand. But, you know, you can only win once you complete a hand. Uh and with the tiles they're putting out, it's clear from Constance Wu's, Constant Wu's character, you know, being that she's an economics professor and game theory and all that, she knows exactly what the mother's trying to build with her hand. So at the end, you see that Constance Wu actually has a winning hand. She could have just said, you know, I win right mm. there. Instead, she throws out the tile that she knows that the mom needs okay. to win. So she just throws out the hand. So there's some sort of foreshadowing earlier when the mother's saying, oh, you know, you're never going to throw out a winning hand or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's Mm. a lot of symbolism in that part of the uh, movie that I really like. So it parallels her her monologue that she's giving at that time. Right. It parallels a lot of the movie itself, um, especially with uh, people saying, oh, you're an American-born Chinese. You're not really Asian or anything like that, you know. So, Yeah. yeah. I like that scene a lot. I like that scene too. I wanted more of that. Like I wanted more of that stuff. I just felt like it was sort of buried under a story I'd I'd heard kind of. I feel like the whole movie and the whole point of the movie was leading up to that single scene. Right. And that's where the juice is, you know, it had impact, but it was like everything leading up to that was like, I mean, the end, the destination was awesome, but was the journey there really that amazing i mean in the middle portion there really isn't a whole lot going on there's just the the wedding weekend Uh, there's no really no forward progression other than time passing you're progressing getting closer and closer to the wedding itself but there's really not a whole lot plot wise other than it kind of starts to pick up with the mean girl stuff um and then you think it's going to but then it doesn't, ultimately doesn't really go anywhere, yeah. I just, and I also wish that the main two characters would have had a little bit more on screen chemistry. 
they just didn't really have very many moments where you're like, oh, you're in love with this person for. I thought they were good together. Amazing. Not amazing, but I'm, I might be alone on this one. But, but they're, I mean, they're no Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. Emma Stone. But yeah. I, mean. <laughs> I did like how the relationship was like already established, and thir- most of the conflict was like outer conflict that they didn't really have much control over. Because I feel like most rom coms, it just focuses on someone meeting someone. Then there's like some sort of internal conflict, and then they, you know, resolve it, and then happy ending. Yeah, and. I, we can elaborate on this a little bit more in spoilers, but I, I kind of have an issue with like the whole crux of the movie in that she doesn't know that he comes from not just a rich family, one of the richest families in yeah, Asia. Yeah, she doesn't flip shit over it. And he kind of explains why he did that, but it's also like, we're not talking like, oh, my family has a couple million dollars. Like, we're talking like extravagance, like opulent craziness, like... He knows how crazy his family is, and I just, like... Dude, it, he throws her to the wolves for that movie. I don't believe that he would do that. Like, he tries to rationalize it, yeah. but I just don't... Like, it's just so extreme that I just don't buy his... Uh, him trying to rationalize it to her and saying, Oh, I just... I didn't want things to change between us. Like, I just... I don't buy that. Yeah, I give that stuff a little bit of a past just because it's a movie and you need some sort of thing to propel the story yeah i mean i guess you could have like a (laughs) suspension of disbelief but then she's also an economics professor so you would think that she would know like some of the biggest names in the game i don't know i just think he would have bought her like a nice dress or something before he just let her show up wearing some yeah. normal person outfit to when like, he's like her bringing the like ridiculous sack lunch gala. On the plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's got that far <laughs> and she's like he's like stealing her dessert and everything like that at <laughs> coffee and all that <laughs> shit. but um no uh yeah there there is that part where it's kind of like hard to believe but yeah i don't know it wasn't a, a huge hurdle, but you know, it was it was something that I thought of. What did you guys watching. think of the uh, text message montage? As I was hoping there would be more of that too. I was like, yeah. this is kind of interesting and fun. You're getting like the extra perspectives, and it feels really modern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wasn't bad. It usually kind of annoys me when movies try to do like transpose the text messages on the screen. Yeah, we're seeing it a lot more. Save it for searching. Days. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was really funny that the whole montage happens, and then you come back to the restaurant and like two minutes have passed yeah like, no time yeah. has passed like they're just now leaving the restaurant like i thought that was just this, like how quickly information can travel especially right. like this tight-knit of a community and um I, that was that was funny i thought yeah i thought the movie looked good and just like all the shots of singapore look cool and um i got enough wealth out of the movie you got enough opulence yeah you were satisfied come on dude a guy i did like when the rocket launcher uh, off of a cruise ship that's not showing well enough for you that scene should have been funnier the whole thing i agree that character should have been funny yeah that guy's hilarious in silicon valley yeah yeah he he was funny but he didn't like steal the show which a role like that could easily what you guys think of bobby uh or what's his name not bob uh ken ken jiang oh he was okay yeah, he, he's the da- he's Aquafina's dad. I'm oh. kind of glad he was a little like less crazy than he normally is. Like he was a little more like mannered. Yeah, actually, that part brings up something I noticed was um, 
there is like a certain level of classism in the movie. So right. you do have the, uh, what is it? Whatever family they were, that rich ass family. Uh, <laughs> you have them. They're like very posh, very high social class. And then you have um, Ken Jeong's character, his family. And they're obviously incredibly wealthy by our standards. But to the upper elite, they're kind of like dirt. No one, mm-hmm. they're kind of pariahs themselves too. You know, and then you have, I don't know, it, it kind of goes even deeper when you come, when they come up to the colonial complex and everything like that. And you have these two seat guards come up to like accost them and they're supposed to be like these scary whatever guard people. But mm. there is like oh, yeah. a huge <laughs> level of classism in, you know, in the movie, especially, you know, they're like out at the night market and he's calling the you know the cook like uncle and everything like that but this guy's obviously incredibly fucking wealthy Mm -hmm. and you have this guy who's like working this cooking stand for like 40 50 odd years or something like that you know i don't know that's something else i noticed about the movie which i thought was pretty neat because that sort of thing does exist especially in singapore where you have one out of five people are millionaire which is crazy holy shit yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. <clears throat> okay. Um, anything else before uh, we do some star ratings and do a, like a brief spoiler talk on this one? Soundtrack was good. Yeah. So, what yeah. did you guys think of the Coldplay song at the that end? That was cool. I liked it. Yeah. I heard yep, a story about like why he wanted that song in the movie and like how he had to get permission for the song, like just kind of like how Greta Gerwig did for uh, Justin Timberlake's song in Ladybird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was good stuff. Yeah, I liked it. It was a beautiful cover too. Yeah, which is it was a uh, cover, excuse me, Chinese cover of uh, of Yellow by Coldplay, which was cool. One scene I did really like. It's kind of minor, but the way it was done was really well. Uh, when he's like running through the reception, all like panicked, it was like shot not really like a horror scene but it was like very stressful and i just thought it was like done very well because i've been in that situation where everyone else around you is having the time of their lives but like you're focused on like something else and you're like working your way through a crowd and like you're stressing the fuck out mm-hmm. do you guys remember that scene in the movie? yeah it was oh, like okay yeah. they filmed it with like fewer frames per second so it was like a little choppy as you move yeah. the crowd and yeah and it was like more like up close aggressive yeah, yeah up close to angles yeah that was cool i like that scene very cool okay anything else anyone wants to say before we do uh sorry things no no so cyrus on our show we go by the letterboxed system so it's out of five stars you can do half star increments uh it's gonna be three and a half stars for me out of five yeah. anyone else two stars Four and a half. Wow. We are all over the map. <laughs> um, like, as just a rom-com, I'm going to have to go with Matt. Three and a half stars. Uh, when you include the importance of the movie having an all-Asian cast and being just a downright plain movie, uh, I mean, I give it a four, I guess. Yeah. It's hard to... It's, I've always had a hard time with a movie like that, like Moonlight when that came out or something, separating it was what I feel is... your number one movie of the year. 
Yeah, I fucking love Moonlight. Didn't have that tough of a time. Hmm? <laughs> Didn't have that tough of a time. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe that's not the best example, but there are other movies that... No, uh, I get what you're saying. I was just giving you shit. Moonlight is just a really shit, fucking good movie on its own. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we can, I feel like <clears throat> they can be part of the same discussion, but ultimately, like, you need to view the movie, like, as a piece of Black cinema. Panther? That might be a good example. Yeah, I mean it's better better example than Moonlight. Yeah, I don't remember what I even gave gave that. I'm not really sure what I gave it either, but I think part of the reason why that movie was cool or different was just it was like a mostly all black production. Mm-hmm. Like without that, it would just be another Marvel movie, but that kind of separated it or made it a little different. Yeah, so made I it a little it a, a little different, a little more of yeah. a bump. That's what I'm saying, though. I want I want more different. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm. It's probably closer to a four, but I'm just giving it that extra half star for a few, four and a half a few different reasons. Jeez. As far as rom coms go, I thought it was very solid, but the bar is pretty low when you enter that. Did you need to go game. back to the '90s? Some real good rom coms back well, then. We're talking about 2018. <laughs> so, speaking <laughs> speaking of '90s rom coms, I think it was '90s. Uh, did you, I saw the trailer for What Men Want. Did you know that was the thing? Oh, God. That trailer um, was awful. But What Women Want, I remember liking back in the day. <laughs> so they're they're re not remaking, but it's the exact same premise. Uh, what yeah. Men Want. Woman Mel hits Gibson. her head and she can hear men's thoughts. Weird. Did you, you haven't seen that trailer yet? No, but I thought that this is interesting because that movie got a lot of shit for like not being, being very misogynist. Exactly. And, so yes. they're like, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll just flip. We'll just flip it around. Flip the script. Yeah, it looks just, trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, real quick, let's do a brief spoiler discussion of Crazy Rich Asians. So if you have not yet seen the film, go ahead and look in the show notes and skip ahead. Uh, let's talk about the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. So we'll start with the Mahjong scene. So uh, <clears throat> we don't know what happened. There's kind of a falling out between Rachel and... What's, what's the guy's name? Ken. <laughs> Nick. I'm just kidding. Nick Young. <laughs> Rachel and Nick. So uh, he proposes to her, and we don't know what she says. So then it cuts to... Um, wait, no. So she had been, like, in sad Mahjong in bed. She had been, wait. Mahjong is before the plane. Right, right. No, but no, but I don't mean, I mean the first time he proposed to her. Because oh, he proposed yeah. with a different ring. On the steps. Yes. Yeah. Is that before she's like really sad for like, it's after? after? Sad, yeah. Okay. After she's sad before Mahjong. Um, so we don't know what she told him. So she invites uh, Nick's mother to play Mahjong. And uh, they basically have a conversation about how she turned him down and she kind of has this monologue about how he is going to meet someone else who is going to be good enough for the mother and she it's all going to be thanks to Rachel this poor immigrant you know who has this whole speech um which i i don't know i thought we've already talked about how good that scene was but i thought that was pretty powerful and i liked that message i feel like it's a little um get kind of countered by the end of the movie because everyone kind of flips and then it's all happy but i, I kind of liked on a poetic level if they had just left it at that like if you didn't have that happy ending like 
it kind of like that message doesn't really resonate because she basically cheapened can yeah she just convinced the mother that she's actually worth being with her son basically but the look at the end that the mom gives is kind of like in the middle right it doesn't really seem like for or against it she's kind of just like okay with it at that point I have complaints about that, too, but I don't want to jump ahead if you had more to say about the Mahjong scene. Well, no, not about that scene in particular, but then it flips because then you have the proposal scene and he proposes with the ring that the mother was given. And I just I have an issue with the mom not being one being as mean as she is. And not having more empathy for Rachel. Because we hear the mom's story. She was, you know, I wasn't the second choice. I wasn't the third choice. You know, talking about how she came from a poor family that wasn't good enough. You would think having been through that same exact experience that she would have a little bit more empathy for Rachel. Her son is clearly in love with her. But she still falls onto that, like, you know. I mean, I guess that kind of, like, classism is very entrenched in the culture. dog. (laughs) Well, the way I pictured that part was that the mother... Well, she says on one part that you'll find that you're never good enough. So there's a certain level of self-loathing that she has. And... She's talking about how, oh, I made the sacrifice. I'm not following my passions. I'm doing what's right for the family, that sort of thing. So she's definitely set in that, you know, mindset. Like everything I'm doing is for the family and you coming in as someone that's following your passions and blah, blah, blah. You're going to ruin all of this for everyone. So that's kind of how I saw that. I mean, self-loathing does add like a little bit more. I don't know, just more of a counter to what to what you're talking about, Matt, because I also was thinking, wow, what a hypocrite. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we're also coming from a Western culture where we are, you know, from a very young age, uh, basically taught that we can be anything we want to be and you should explore your passions and pursue your passion. We're all special. Yeah, we're all special <laughs> in the words of Mr. Rogers. Right, but here's where, here's where I had a hard time with the movie, which is it's supposed to be you know, addressing cultural issues, cultural integration. Um, and at the end, you really just have like, you still only have the two choices. You've got the old way of doing things and you've got the new way of doing things. And you you mentioned the look that she gives at the end, right? Where it's like, okay, she's accepted the proposal. They're going to do it. Mom gave her approval via the ring, but she gives her a look and then she looks like she's leaving the party early, right? So... It just seems like a repeat. I don't know if they were really clear on whether or not Nick's actually going to take over the family business. Seems like he is because otherwise he's leaving it to his two buffoon brothers. I didn't I <clears throat> didn't interpret it that he was going to take over the business. I don't know. I thought it was kind of open ended. wait for the sequel. But <laughs> in any case, she's going to go into a relationship with him and have like a disapproving mother is basically the the message that I took come around. I think we're meant to believe <laughs> yeah, right. that she's warming up to the idea. I don't think she's necessarily happy, but I mean, she did give the ring to. Just wait till the third Nick. one, man. She's gonna be. They're gonna be best buds. It's gonna be great. Okay. <laughs> um, outside of that, I don't really have a ton to say. Spoiler wise, anything else anyone want to mention? The plane scene. 
better in The Wedding Singer or Crazy Rich Asians? Uh, I have not seen The Wedding Singer, so. What? <laughs> Matt, come I on, actually dude. haven't either. I don't. How do you go through life and not <laughs> see The Wedding Singer? I don't know. Sarah loves it. It's Adam Sandler, man. He was comedic gold back in the day. Have you seen it? I have seen it, but okay. I don't remember that scene. Oh, it's magical. I'm sure it was. <laughs> Actually, the scene that I thought was really cool and, you know, did show that certain level of opulence was during the wedding when they have the water flooding in yeah, and everything like that. That was good. I thought that scene was really cool uh, just from a visual aspect, you know. Um, but, yeah. Aside from that, I don't really have much else to add. I did notice in the movie... There was a lot of switching between languages, uh, not just, you know, English and Chinese. There's certain different Chinese, you know, you have Cantonese being spoken in like familial situations between the young family. You have the old grandma speaking Mandarin and everything like that. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that they were switching between the, the dialects so much, um, I'm not really familiar with Singapore itself, so I don't know if that's a thing where, oh, they only speak Mandarin in formal occasions and they speak Cantonese in, you know, more intimate situations. But I thought that was a really interesting thing, too. Uh, I will say uh, the other part that I teared up at was at the wedding. The music, the slow motion, the water coming down the aisle, the looks, the, the tears. I was just like, oh, Overwhelming. God. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Give it to me. Um, yeah, I thought that was very, uh, very touching. So you cried two times then? I didn't cry. Okay, shed a tear? Tears were welling up on two occasions. But no, I did not. No tears fell. Okay. Uh, okay. Well. That's going to do it for Crasians. Uh, let's move on to our next review. We're going to be talking about searching. We have a clip. Let's listen. 911, what's your emergency? I'm calling to report a missing person. Okay, who is this regarding? My daughter. I'm the detective assigned to your daughter's case. I need to know how everything unfolded. Understood. We're gonna go late, like all night. One after a study session, Margot didn't return home. Margot Kim, school has her marked as absent today. Two, she didn't attend school on Friday. My daughter is in a lesson with you right now. Margot canceled her classes six months ago. And three, she's been transferring funds for the last six months. All right, Searching is directed by Anish Chaganti, uh, written by Anish and Sev Ohanian. Uh, plot synopsis reads, after his 16-year-old daughter goes missing, a desperate father breaks into her laptop to look for clues to find her. So this is, we've seen other movies with this sort of gimmick it's all from the perspective of news footage facetime all? texts yeah well unfriended one and two at least those are the the first two movies that come to mind and the den is another one have not which seen i that. i think as far as i know did it first maybe mm. not first ever but before those other movies okay i haven't seen those um and then there's also friend requests right so this it's 
not the first time a movie has, has done this, um, but those movies are kind of... The, the, I, this is not a horror movie. Those movies are horror movies. This is kind of more of a... Thriller. Like a, a thriller. It's more just about the investigation itself. Um, I can go first. Um, Real quick, I was going to say, this gave me slight like catfish slash tall hot blonde vibes those two documentaries that are kind of similar about like people meeting on the internet and may not be what you think so you're saying that having seen the whole thing you didn't make that connection prior to seeing the movie um i don't know necessarily i just as i was watching it i was getting those vibes sure um I thought it was a very entertaining movie. Uh, I was never bored. Um, I was invested in the mystery of it, finding out what happened to her. The reveal. The reveal was cool. We'll get into specifics later, but uh, there are a lot of very <laughs> convenient things that happen in this we're movie. We're going to be like right on the same page. A lot of really convenient things that happened in this movie. Oh, yeah. While I was watching it, didn't really bother me a ton. I just kind of let it go. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that was very convenient about the plots and just the, the revelations that happen in it. Um, but I thought it was presented well. I thought the characters were very likable. There's kind of an up-esque montage that they used yeah. to open the movie, which I thought was was pretty well done. Yeah. Um, I like that. I think John Cho was great in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Or just general, like the 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 cast in general. I like the characters. I was invested in that regard. But uh, once you find out what the twist is and the mystery is over, like there's zero rewatchability with this movie. Yeah. Like you you experience it; it's entertaining, but it's not really doing anything that special. You know what I mean? Like it was a really re- entertaining watch, but it's not rewarding. Like, you're not going to go back, and you might see some, like, breadcrumbs, and there are things that you look back and like, oh, yeah, that thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, but ultimately, solid thriller. I mean, you can already kind of pick up on the breadcrumbs as you're watching the movie, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, it was solid, but <laughs> not amazing. I'm right there with you. I thought it was entertaining. I thought the, the twist or the reveal was good, but I feel like like these types of movies, that's kind of all they have going for them. And these days I feel like it's pretty hard to do an amazing twist just because people are so like keen in on like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like split was an amazing twist, but like no one, ha- no one saw that coming until like the last couple minutes. But like this movie, you go in for the main reason, like you want to know what the twist is. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was good, but again, it was like, pretty generic and it's not like the the gimmick of it being all on a computer screen made it like different because we've seen that before so i thought it made so i think the gimmick goes so far as to make the like the researching that john cho's character does pretty fun and interesting and like oh i've done that you know or i could see myself doing the same things that he's doing yeah he's talking yeah, exactly. But with a purpose. Right, <laughs> right. Not just aimlessly like us. Uh, but then there's other scenes where they're like actually at a location and it's like they just have to find different ways to make sure that they're keeping with their theme of never act, like of always being a screen, right? 
whether it's watching TV or whatever. But and that it doesn't really add to those scenes, I don't think. Or it's, sometimes it feels a little bit forced, like a little bit forced. Nobody I mean, uses FaceTime that much. Okay, yeah. So that's that's <laughs> one thing. Like you're not gonna correspond with a detective on a missing person case Mm-mm. through FaceTime, like at four in the morning. That's one super unprofessional <laughs> too. Like no one uses FaceTime. <laughs> Um, but kind of going back to what you were saying about um, there, there's there's moments in the film. It's going along with the gimmick that feel very like dramatically forced. And, the and emotional, false. the emotional moments. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like anytime he hovers over a button, he's like, "Should I click this? Should I delete this photo or not?" Yes, yes. Slowly oh moving God. the mouse cursor, <laughs> deleting things like. <laughs> It's all bullshit just to go along with the gimmick to kind of, like, feed into the drama. Yeah. But it, it totally is, is bullshit, you know? Like, that's that's the hang-up with this, like, medium, this, like, pseudo-technological faux documentary thing. Like, well, And there were certain parts where I felt like I was already ahead of the movie or I was, like, already there with it. But it, like, took a few extra seconds to, like, point something out. And it was like, yeah, I put two and two together already, like thanks movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. there's like one thing in particular I know what you're talking about I, it'll pull spoiler, up but... pictures and slowly put them next to each other it's like yeah i fucking saw as soon as you show me the picture like yeah stuff like that um the music kicks in like yeah. seven seconds later than it should oh fuck <laughs> um so that stuff was kind of annoying but um, but the investigation was fun. Like all that stuff was super entertaining. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it was cool. entertaining. Lots of little twists and turns. Um, you know, it was it was an enjoyable ride, but wasn't doing anything special. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. The trailer has some sort of like pull quote that's like, "Nothing will ever be the same after this movie" or something like that. Yeah, and I really the... want to know what the reviewer is referencing. <laughs> like maybe like how it is like in the internet world and parents are oblivious to it even though i feel like parents are catching on at this point in a like this day and age is that cast what's it called live cast something you cast you cast is that real there are things like it but that's not real so foreign to me i know i would never do that there's something in the movie for cyrus where it's basically a platform where you go on and you just stream yourself and then people join your stream and start asking you questions. Oh yeah. They, they do that a lot on uh, Twitch actually. Yeah. But in, aren't you like playing a game at least in Twitch? No. It's uh, like AMA. You don't have to. Everyone. Yeah. Some people actually just stream themselves. Uh, so there was that one comedian, I don't know, on Comedy Central for a while. Uh, he looked like a kid. I forgot what his name was. Bo Burnham? Is that who you're talking no, about? No, no. Even Oh, earlier. Andy Milanakis? Andy Milanakis. <laughs> Andy Milanakis does uh, a Twitch stream where he just Twitch streams himself, and apparently it's fairly popular. Huh. Well, that's also what Periscope is, too. Yeah. It's well, just and don't celebrities do that all the time? Like AMAs second. on Reddit? Isn't that similar? <laughs> well, no. AMAs on Reddit is just people Oh, it's like text questions. chat. It's yeah. not like... But I mean, you can do it on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook. You can go live on there. Yeah. yeah. I can understand celebrities, though. But, like, why do I need to go find some random person on the internet when I have people I can talk to in person? You don't want to talk to Fish and Chips? 
<laughs> I think really. there's some very, very lonely people out there that want some sort of interaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think judging by the uh, amount of, like, market share these companies have, there are a lot of lonely people <laughs> out that there. That gets into the whole, like, even, like, sex or porn industry. Like, we, in in at Base Canyon and VIP, we met this couple, and one of the girls she like streams for a living and she said like she she doesn't do anything like sexual under five hundred dollars and most of the time it's just like lonely people wanting to talk to her and she like uses that as a platform to do that i mean she does it as like a business but to these people it's like oh i have someone to talk to and i'm willing to pay money to do that because i feel safe or comfortable doing that and this might be off topic but it's kind of in the same realm no it's relevant to what we're talking about um but yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much more to add. I mean, we can get into like spoilers in a in a minute or two here, but um, just a solid thriller that didn't really do enough to kind of separate itself. Like it's well made, well acted, well written. You know, like the the dialogue didn't feel uh, it felt organic most of the time. You know, it wasn't super clunky. Like it was just very well done, yeah. but didn't take that next step like that the the twist if you want to call it that it's not mind-blowing it's yeah. manipulative like any other movie like this is you know what i mean there's one thing i really want to say about the movie but it is i feel like a spoiler so we should wait till well, let's, we can let's do it let's roll to spoilers cyrus are you uh do you want to excuse yourself or uh, yeah i'll i'll excuse myself mostly because i do want to see this movie eventually. okay <laughs> From what I understand, it's an excellent twist at the end, so I'm going to step out. Okay, probably won't go more than five minutes or so, so we'll try and keep it brief. You might want to grab the key if you're a... Uh... <laughs> uh, you know I should, yeah. Okay, let's drop some star range real quick. Ooh. Trace Amigos. Yeah. Oh, three. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I interpreted Amigos as half. I was like, yeah, me too. Uh, three and a half. Yeah, three and a half for me yeah. too. Okay, so the worst thing about this movie is that it wants to have its cake and eat it too. E- the worst fucking part about the movie. Yeah. You get what I mean by saying that, right? Because there's a happy ending. Well, it wants to have the the shocking twist, but then it also... Oh, Cyrus is in the bathroom. I wanna, But it... Yeah, and then it has the happy ending. And it's just like, fuck you, movie. Like fuck you <laughs> yeah i mean i was kind of i know exactly you know what, what you're mean, talking though? about like, yeah. you gotta have one or the other yeah because yeah no i i totally agree with you because you find out like that she's involved the well i'm still trying to talk why cyrus is in the bathroom but um let's let's come back to that in a second so um, i also hated like the news footage because like that's not how the news is. I was gonna say sure. like I don't. We're here live. <laughs> like it's like a live news stream where it's like like you don't ever get news that up to date. No, like, like it's always hey guys, after the fact. Stop working <laughs> and get on CNN.com. We're gonna do a live stream over this fucking rescue. Oh my god, is she is she breathing? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I mean that. That that does happen. I mean, that's what twenty four hour news coverage is all about. Like, you've never seen those clips of like I never live the news, car but... chases or like. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I, I 
That just it kind felt, of rang false to it me. It felt like. more dramatized. Yeah. Oh, for sure, yeah. It, it definitely did, but... I, Especially, I don't know, like, in the grand scheme of life, this is kind of a small story, and they were, like, broadcasting it like it was, like, CNN, like, top headline. Everyone tune in to your TVs and see the outcome of this situation yeah there was like a hashtag and everything like i get what the movie is trying to do and i, I thought it was a nice touch that it kind of gets into uh once the, the story kind of breaks there they show like the news footage of like the people at school being interviewed like there's yeah. the girls like she's my best friend oh, yeah, and you, know, funny. you see the likes <laughs> click up and the yeah. views so it's just like people taking advantage of tragedy to like for their own uh you know self-worth self-image yeah. just boost that stuff which is, is frustrating um but anyway now that cyrus is out of the apartment uh going back to um the culprits it ends up being like a catfish type situation where the lead detective volunteered to take the case because her son was catfishing this girl basically went to fess up and then an altercation happens and he pushes her off a cliff so she basically orchestrated the whole thing to save her son yeah um which you know there's some uh, i i get it you know like a mother would do anything for her kid it was over the top though there's you gotta suspend your disbelief for that too especially in her line of work like she's trying to put up roadblocks wherever she can like i i, I get it but when she was super weirded out when he was going to go to the lake or whatever, she's like, why are you doing that? Like, right, mm-hmm. right. And she's like putting on her clothes, like, you're going to the lake? Well, I'll be right there, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I also thought, they're, they're like, we were talking about breadcrumbs. I I did notice that it was weird when they were first starting the search party and she was like, oh, we already cleared these two areas. Right. Yeah. I was like, that's weird. Yeah, did we already clear those two I, Well, the way she <laughs> phrased it was like, due to the topography... We know yeah. she can't be here or something because it's it too felt, treacherous. She said they'd already yeah. looked at it or something. And yeah. I felt like, yeah, I noticed that too because why would you say that unless it was important to the story or you saw it, you know? Yeah. Neither, like, we hadn't seen it. So it was just like, that's a weird detail to add. Well, but. and like introducing her character, I thought it was kind of weird. Like, there was like just like an eeriness to him, like, finding out more information about the detective, like, watching the YouTube video and like seeing the, like, blog posting of her like building houses with ex-convicts or something they like just, something just kind of like felt off about yeah those sequences and it totally you know plays in the ending or whatever um so and then so she ended up basically orchestrating the whole thing and then what you were saying when you say they wanted her cake and eat it too they go back to where she got pushed off the cliff they introduced this thing because they were like, oh, well, she's been out there for five days. There's no way. It's only been two days because there was a storm. Like, they, right. there was a search party. A storm happened. So she could have just, like, ducked her head in a puddle or something or, like, opened her mouth like a turkey and just, like, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> but she ended up surviving. And then you get this little nice, happy ending. Um, so, you know, that was it was sweet, but, yeah, you know, could have been better. Um, as far as conveniences, the biggest thing that kind of grinded my gears was there's this, uh, basically the way he cracks the whole case is there's this like funeral, like memorial streaming platform where you can like, which, yeah, 
I don't know if a company like that exists already, but I was just like, this seems weird. Sorry, I can't make it to your funeral, but I'll at least stream it. it. And there's like that, that serves two purposes, right? One is very technical because it allows them to stream the funeral. So you have the moment where she gets arrested. That's one. That's kind of cheap. Two, the way he cracks the whole case is because there's like a thank you image with like a woman and he recognizes yeah. her and it turns out it's like a stock photo thing. Like, what are the odds that this totally yeah. unrelated funeral platform would use the same stock image model? Right. Like, what the f- like I know they go out of a way to Google like most popular stock image model, woo woo, whatever, but like, come on. Couple conveniences like that that are just yeah. a little frustrating in retrospect. Um but what a great job though. I'd love to be just a a stock image guy right <laughs> that's all you are yeah you just and then, turn into memes yeah right <laughs> um so but yeah it was still watching it like the 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 twist like the way the story unfolded i was like oh that's interesting it wasn't mind-blowing i don't going back to what you said about that poll quote about like it'll change everything like what the fuck they're talking about yeah but it's entertaining yeah i agree it's about all i got for spoilers was there anything else yeah, there's not. I mean, we could dive into more like plot points, but I don't really feel like. It's yeah, we don't it. really need to. Like the stuff with the brother and. Oh yeah, uh, that okay. So that one, okay. one quick thing, <laughs> that was pretty manipulative because you're you're led to believe that he is like a pedophile and also incest. You know, is like so, having a relationship. Well, like, I mean, I'm sure there's cases that this shit's kind of like that has happened, but like, pretty far fetched for like your brother to be the one like you know trying to get with your daughter well that's not really the issue that i had the texts that they exchanged with each other um. were super vague <laughs> but also very like oh they're for sure fucking you know what i mean last night don't there's no way they would talk like that they would just say like oh thanks for smoking me out uncle or whatever like right um also i don't believe that he didn't first thing he did was go through all of her texts with every person right like she didn't look at her the text with the uncle like i would have gone through everything and like when was the last time you talked to this person who can he didn't do that did you like his uh excel file <laughs> that was kind of cool like his uh the <laughs> the pictures and yeah the... i thought that was kind of neat like yeah. as far as just like uh i thought that was a cool one visual representation two, just like dad move yeah total, like total dad move. move oh yeah the bro <laughs> At the Beaver concert. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, anyway, that's all I got to say on searching. Anything else? Thanks for jogging my memory with that yeah, one. Yeah, no problem. Uh, no, I think that's it. Okay, that's it for me. Cool. Well, let's move into what else we've been watching. Uh, Travis, you going to kick this off because you, you want to have... text? Uh, I'm going to text him while you while you get into it. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Uh, I'll start with. The Little Stranger, because I just saw that a couple nights ago. The Little Stranger. So this is from the director of Room and Frank. I think his name's Lenny Abramson. Good movies. Was uh, mainly excited for this because of the director. The trailer didn't do too much for me, but I thought it might be... I thought the trailer looked kind of good. Worth a watch, you know, but... But I knew you guys would be like rolling your eyes just seeing Dominic up there. Oh, yeah, that guy. He's in everything. You guys hate him. You hate Donald Gleason? I don't. Or Domino, yeah. Well, I don't necessarily hate him, but you both hate he him. is in everything, and it's kind of annoying seeing him in everything. Like, yeah. there's other actors out there, you know, we could maybe 
throw one of those in there every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, Joel Edgerton. Yeah. <laughs> Except he would not have worked for this. Oh. I don't know who would have worked for this movie because it was awful. It was written for Domino. Maybe. Okay, go on. He's got a good message. You said it was awful. Movie. Yeah. Really Very boring. awful? And just nothing happens. I don't even really have much to say about it because I was so bored. But I also feel like nothing really happened that, like... I don't feel like I missed anything. I just feel like it was a boring, slow movie that didn't really do much. Like it, it kind of feels like a character study, but you don't really learn much about any of the characters. It's like kind of like bad character study. Sold as like a gothic horror movie. Like it almost reminds me of like it's trying to be like Phantom Thread or like the like it's another movie that's similar to that. But it just like I don't know. It was like not intriguing or captivating at all. Even the two guys next to me, I could tell were not digging the movie. The guy next to me was checking his phone every five minutes, and they were both like changing their position, like squirming way, way too often. And I was like, "Dude, I, I feel it. This movie is brutal." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very disappointing, though. There wasn't even like a, a climax that was like worth the slow burn. The climax know? was really dumb. Shit. Yeah, maybe I missed something, but. You totally missed the reveal. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it looked okay. I guess there's some good shots of the like country, but besides that... Skip it. Very, yeah, just boring and underwhelming. What kind of reception is it getting? I think it's like 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty bad. I don't know, yeah. pretty bad, but... No, yeah, I mean, that's, mixed. that's solid. I feel like that should be a decent movie if 60% of the people are saying it's good. No? Well, I'm part of the 40%. It was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you want me to do another? I mean, you got a lot, don't you? Oh, I always watch. I only have two, so. Um, How many do you have, Matt? uh, Two. And some TV. Hmm. I'll do these two new releases real quick. So I saw Pandas, the Disney nature doc. Are they as cute as always? Oh, yeah. Very cute. (laughs) What was the cutest thing you saw? Um, Just baby pandas being baby pandas. Mm. They fall over and stuff? (laughs) Yeah, just being clumsy and eating. (laughs) Have you guys seen that video where the baby panda sneezes and it scares the mama panda? No. (laughs) Classic. Have you seen the panda video where the panda's like trying to escape the zoo keeper and they just have it by the foot and he's just like trying to roll down the hill yeah yeah anyways um <laughs> both uh, are very watchable beautiful movie it's like 40 minutes long um is it about like their habitat being destroyed pandas. or something like that uh it's basically about like there's this woman i think in china who's trying to preserve pandas and then there's this guy i think in the states who like helps bears like survive and you know make it in the wild or whatever so they like team up to try and do the same thing for pandas so most of it's following this one panda but they kind of give you like a overview of everything like at the beginning and it's only 40 minutes long so it doesn't spend too much time on it but i forget the name of the panda that they focus so much on but it's all about like him going out into the wild and trying to like survive on his own but, like, there's some tension because, like, they, like, put a tracker on him and stuff like that. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's very enjoyable. Are pandas endangered? 
Yes. Okay. But yeah, good stuff. A world without pandas is not a world I want to live in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I saw Christopher Robin. Wayne of the Pooh movie. Yeah. I heard that was good. I, yeah, I actually liked it quite a bit. It was fun, entertaining. Uh, I like the design of the the pets, stuffed animals. I'm not sure what characters. Yeah, I heard that too. Just yeah. that they were, I don't know, they weren't CG or something, right? They looked like actual. They look like stuffed animals, yeah. but it, yeah, it's like a live action movie. Um, but yeah, it was entertaining. I don't really have much like memory of Winnie the Pooh when I was younger or, or like loving it. Um, Pooh is great. He's got some great lines. Yeah. Uh, Bother. <laughs> no, there's this line where Christopher Robin's like, life's more than just like red balloons and honeys. And he's and he's like, are you sure? <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, like it kind of plays like a, like Gremlins or like a horror movie where the people in the real world or like Toy Story where like, if the characters interact with people, they like freak out, like in hysteria, like, Oh my God, like these stuffed animals are alive, you know? So that was kind of interesting, but yeah, this is a good story. Cool. Yeah. Uh, someone else can go. Um, I'll talk about, uh, the package. So this is a, uh, new Netflix film. Uh, Oh, it's um pretty great uh i laughed really hard it's one of the better comedies i've seen in a while um it's very raunchy uh basically the premise is these high school kids go on a camping trip together and one of them cuts his dick off on accident so he gets like he gets like (laughs) medevaced to the hospital but the hospital they put his dick in a cooler and they gave the medevac people the wrong cooler so they basically the whole movie is about them trying to get their friend's dick back to their friend so they can sew it back on so it's like a ticking clock they get the wrong package then (laughs) or no the the hospital did not have the dick he was delivered a different package they open up the cooler to get take the dick out, and it's just a bunch of beers. Oh. Because they gave him the wrong cooler. It's a monster dong. This is someone yeah. else's dick. I, I was hoping it would be more along the lines of he got a different dick. Yeah. yeah. Much more interesting. And then all the funny shenanigans that you could come up with that are related to having yeah, a like different Especially dick. if it was like a different ethnicity or something yeah. like that. And That'd it behaved be differently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you guys should watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it was, it was pretty funny. It's not a great movie. Like it's not made well. Like you can tell it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's not bad, but it's pretty mediocre filmmaking. Like some of the editing is kind of wonky and it doesn't look great, but, uh, it made me laugh a lot. It's kind of a like a super bad mixed with like a Fairly Brothers type comedy, you know, very raunchy. Did anyone notable direct this? Uh, the guy who directed Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh right, you told me that. Yes, 
So um, the answer to that question would be no. Uh, that movie was funny. <laughs> that movie was funny. Um, but I gave this four out of five. There's one line. In, I watched this with uh, with Haley, my girlfriend. There's one line in particular that we keep saying back to each other a lot because we were just fucking dying watching it. <laughs> um, it's for sure worth a watch. It's like 90 minutes. Uh, it's very entertaining. Pretty dumb, but... Hey, it's slim pickings for comedies this year. So. Yes, that's true. You, speaking of comedies, though, you guys should definitely check out Game Night. I don't think either of you have seen it. No. No, I suggested it when we were scrolling. Is Gotta it possible? Do it. Gotta do it. Okay. It's on Prime now. Mm. For rent or... I think for rent. Okay. Oh, but I'm not positive. Lame. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, that's the package. If you look at it on Netflix, it's um, like the thumbnail is just an eggplant emoji. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused. Yeah. It was hard to figure out what the name of that movie was. Yeah. All right, Tom. What you got? Um, I watched Creep 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, the much anticipated follow-up to Creep 1. Have you seen the Creep movie, Cyrus? I have seen both of them. I adore them so i liked creep one a lot more than i liked creep two a lot more a lot more yeah i liked it more i don't know how much more but i'm with you i think it's just a different movie you know and i was really just so on board with the first one that i really just wanted another, another when you addition. had no idea what to expect with the first one and then the exactly second one you kind of have the mystery's gone so yeah. i appreciate that they try to do something different because Otherwise, we would have known exactly what was going on. Right. But uh, this, just, we were talking about it. We watched it with our friends, and uh, it's just different when the when the character behind the camera isn't terrified out of their mind, you know. And she's for ninety nine percent of the movie, she's not. Right. She's uh, kind of into it, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, sort of. She's sort of forcing herself, but also that was another kind of. I thought messy part of the movie was like some of her motivations and when she would be, when she would be in one mood and when she would be in another, like when she was scared versus when she was like super confident and brave. But, um, uh, man really goes off the deep end toward the end there. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the first one. Yeah. Yeah. It was good though. I I mean, I'm, I'm very glad I watched it, but creep ones, my, my preference. I, um, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd probably say I like Creep 1 more, but I don't know. I really, I thought it was really cool what they did with the second one. That, yeah. Uh, it maybe stretches the limits of believability a little bit, just because, like, if I was her in that situation, I would be like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, mm-hmm. 10 minutes into being at that guy's house. But they, you know, they had that clever thing where she's, like, a basically a documentarian with, like, a, a YouTube channel, essentially. Right. So she knows this is going to be, like, good for her career. So, like, I, I get that she was going along with it. But um, I don't know. And I, I like that there's, like, the role reversal where he she basically turns it on him, right. makes him really uncomfortable, you know? Like, right. I, I thought that stuff was really interesting on a character level. Fun fact, the the female who's in that movie, she's the one who directed The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Oh, really? And I did see that. Uh, that's supposed to be quite good, I hear. You want to talk about it? Sure. It was good, but it was a little underwhelming because I had heard such good things about it. Is this new? Yeah, it was only at AMC 10 for like a week. Oh, it's got a uh, Chloe Grace Moritz in it, right? Yep, and then the girl from uh, American Honey—I forget her name—Sasha Sasha something. 
something. Yeah, she's also in uh, Hearts Beat Loud. But yeah, it was good. It just kind of felt familiar, like I'd seen the movie before. Um, I and also like the whole point the movie's trying to make. I already feel like it's like a known thing. It almost reminded me of like eighth grade a little bit, where like the commentary it's trying to make like is already pretty like aware as far as in the world so it just didn't really do much because the the whole premise of the movie is this girl is a lesbian but like she's like forced to go to this like church camp and they're like saying like she has a disease and they're trying to cure her oh right that movie yeah so isn't isn't that basically that's also the premise of boy erased too right that movie with joel edgerton coming out oh maybe that's the one i'm thinking of well, it's got Lucas Hedges in it, our boy Lucas Hedges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But it reminded me of, like, of um, like Short Term 12 or, like, it's kind of a funny story. Those types of movies where it spends... Low budget, indie. Yeah, and it's, like, all these kids are dealing with the same type of stuff. Like, they all want to rebel to a certain extent. And then there's, like, you know, like the... Not, like, guards, but, like, the kind of, like, leads who try and keep them all in line and stuff and... I don't know, it just felt like I'd seen the movie before and the ending was kind of anticlimactic, but I thought she she was good in it. Um, mostly everyone was good in it. Um, the guy from uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and Short Term 12 is like a counselor in this movie as well. Oh, yeah, Do you that know guy? His, you know his name? Not off the top of my head. He's going to be in John Oh, he's also in I Peppermint, think? too. He's like the Yeah, he's detective. one of the guys, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Peppermint's gonna rock um but yeah it, it was okay worth a watch but to me i just felt like i'd seen it before sure uh cyrus tell us about uh what you've been watching it doesn't have to be in the theater it doesn't even have to be it could be a rewatch just uh tell us about what you've been watching it could be tv it could be video games don't <laughs> give a fuck all right uh two of the movies that really stood out to me was hereditary and mm. i think did you guys already critique that one yeah Yeah. uh hereditary was great i liked it but since it's already been gone over there's not much else to say what are your thoughts yeah uh, a little uh one minute uh summation um i like the slow burn genre a lot uh like the witch or Mm -hmm. blair witch project um where there's just this like immense build up to this climax and the climax for hereditary was absolutely insane uh which was cool um the ending scene with the mom like going at her neck with the piano wire was pretty crazy uh i like that they didn't go too overboard with the i don't know they were just very tasteful with the horror scenes Mm -hmm. in the movie and there's a lot of like just character interaction i thought was really cool uh, the other movie that I saw that I really liked was Coherence. Um, I don't know if you guys reviewed oh, that one. Did you? I watched that a while back. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show. I've seen it. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, Amazon. Well, I think it's, it's on, on Amazon. Amazon. So is this? Um, this is the movie like the people are in a house. It's like a dinner party movie. High concept. Yeah, very high concept. Very Science fiction, weird. <laughs> that 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 movie, right? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> we're passing the yes. mic back and forth, so it's kind of <laughs> awkward. But uh, yeah, it was this kind of, uh, I guess, high concept, uh, multiple dimensions kind of movie, uh, much in the view of like, I guess, pie, 
you know that sort of thing where you have some really weird stuff going on uh but i thought the character acting was really great especially i don't know can i can i spoil some aspects yeah have at it maybe sucks yeah (laughs) no not really Uh, (laughs) i liked it i enjoyed it yeah i i like the uh i like the acting i thought it was cool that they're playing the same person but not so i don't know thought that was neat. it was way too low budget and too kind of out there for me to get into it that's fair it's um they they basically like try and solve the mystery by like and it's also like it gets into like impersonating each other because they like there's basically clones of themselves kind of in another dimension so they try and tag themselves with like colors and then they end up getting swapped out and crossing dimensions you don't know it it's kind of like um the one i love you know where people are like kind of taking on other people's identities and trying to assimilate (laughs) that movie i do think that movie is better this movie uh i really like the concept of it but pretty low budget you know so if uh on paper i really liked it uh, it's not super pretty to look at, but yeah, good call, Saras. That's a dope movie. Let's right. not forget Emperor's New Groove. Oh, yes, I watched half of Emperor's New Groove this morning, and man, it stands up. Comedy's on point. Uh, was is it David Spade who plays oh, yeah. the llama? Um, they could not have picked a better actor to play a, a frantic duo. llama. No, yeah. that's true. John Goodman, right? Yeah. 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 Uh I mean the voice act and then the guy that plays Kronk is uh Oh my gosh. Is that is that Joe from Family Guy? Uh, he I reminds me of the Matthew McConaughey is. character from uh Kibo. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. Emperor's New Groove, if you haven't seen Cusco's it, watch poison. it. If you haven't seen it recently, watch it again. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Is it streaming anywhere? No? I think it's on Netflix. I think well, I saw it. Well, how did you watch it then? Oh, okay. Roommate's computer. He didn't have the mic in his hand. Goose go. People who are listening. <laughs> uh, Tom, you? Um, yeah, I watched one other movie. I watched Ready Player One. <clears throat> Hell yeah. Yeah. Did you listen to our review? Mm, yeah, I did. Listen Before to that or one. after you watched it? Before I watched it. Okay. But you guys both saw it back when it came out, like February yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Wait, which movie? Ready Player One. Red Eye. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Player One. RPO. Yeah, it was good. It was entertaining. Um, I don't really remember any particular criticisms. It was too long. It wasn't like that interesting of a story. The story was kind of lame. It was like a video game plot. Terrible. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But the you know the it was really entertaining. There's lots of yeah. uh, that movie's got some eye candy. Some great sequences. Yeah, really good sequences. I think I remembered you guys saying there was one in particular that was a standout for you, and it's the first race, right? Or like the well, the shining sequence is probably the cream of the crop. But the first race the what? is amazing. The shining sequence. A shining sequence, dude. Did you watch this fucking movie, Tom? <laughs> yeah. The shine. The whole second, like the whole middle portion. The what Shining, the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, that part was nuts. Have you seen The Shining? 
Oh, the sh- I was thinking of like something totally different. Oh, no, the okay. horror movie. Yeah, no, the Shining bit was pretty cool too. Yeah, um, that was the best part. Yeah, that was your favorite part. Yeah, it was pretty awesome just to see like them to like reincorporate yeah that setting into a movie and like have fun with it. And uh, Lena, what's her name? She, mm. the girl. Yeah, well, the woman who plays his friend oh, who he thinks is great. a dude. She's in Thoroughbreds and a. No, not her. Oh, He's no. talking about uh um fuck. She was in um Wait, She plays his bro, one? you know? Oh, uh From Master of None. Right. Yes. She's in some other stuff too. I don't know her name though. Well anyway, her character is good in that in that sequence. Yeah. In that scene. Oh right. With the blood coming out of the elevator and then she goes into the room and the old lady. There's a whole stuff. reveal with that character, right? Yeah. Where you think yeah, it's a yeah. male, but then Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. the whole avatar I liked it I mean it's definitely not going to be for anybody like Sarah's never going to like that movie <laughs> but if you've got some 80s nostalgia or you like video games or you like Spielberg then it's great yeah agreed a lot of fun full stop <laughs> <laughs> um, how much you got left Travis um a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Depends on what I want to talk about, you know. Oh, go for it. I don't always talk about everything I want. No, I know. I know. We'd be here all we'll night here if you did. Night, yeah. <laughs> I saw Mamma Mia. I'll just, I usually stick with the new releases. I feel like people care about those the most, right? Right, Especially Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Sequel to the uh, original. That is not very good. Um <laughs> But I actually did like this one quite a bit. It's yeah. light and fun and um, just didn't feel as much of a slog. I don't know. It Like, it's it's pretty much in the same realm as the first one, but I feel like this one's just a little bit more interesting or has a little bit more to offer. Is it just different ABBA songs or is it some of the same some songs? Some of the same songs. We definitely get the... The heaters, you know, the classics that are in the Dancing first Queen. One. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then yeah. you get some of the like deeper cuts of ABBA. But the the story is kind of cool because it's like a prequel and a sequel at the same time. A sprequel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, where it follows like Meryl Streep as like a young person who's played by uh, Meryl Streep. Forget her name. The girl in Baby Driver. Uh, makeup. The lead. I don't know her name. I'll pull it up really quick. It's not Riley Keough, is it? Oh, no, that's... No. It's great. Not my thing. Madeline something? I don't know. My thing's not loading either, so... It doesn't matter. Never mind. But anyway... The chick from Baby Driver. Yeah, so she plays Meryl Streep as, like, a younger woman, and then it shows her, like getting involved with the, the three fathers. If you've seen the first movie, you know, like there's the three, three fathers in the movie and Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth and that other guy. Oh, Lily James is who you were thinking of. Her. Yeah. Um, I forget the other actress name. It's like a Tom Wilkinson. Why can't I picture him? <laughs> I think he's the guy from a girl with a dragon tattoo. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers! Like what the guy at the end, like the the reveal of the bad dude? Yeah, yeah, that guy, the one who gets owned. 
<laughs> he's uh he's like the the mean it's, uh, one of the, uh, the mean math guy oh, from Goodwill Hunting. Scarsguard, it's one of them. He's a Scarsguard? I'm pretty sure he's I got the cast list pulled up here. OJ Simpson. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, it's directed by old old Parker, but my eyes <laughs> Oh, directed by OJ Simpson. What? <laughs> um Stellan? Is that a name? Stellan Skarsgård? Stellan Skarsgård? Oh, yep. That's who it okay, is. nailed it. Stellan Skarsgård. It's, yeah, anyway. Mamma Mia. Yeah, I don't really have much to say other than it was it was enjoyable. It's like, I'd say it's like a lesser Crazy Rich Asians. Kind of the same vibe. One and though. a half stars? <laughs> no. <laughs> Three and a half. <laughs> We're on my scale right now, Tom. Oh, yeah. Not yours. Um... Yeah, I, I don't really have much to say. <laughs> if we were doing a full review, I'd be well prepared for this. But it's also been probably like a month since I've seen it. Yeah. It's probably all kind of just dissipated at this point. Yeah. Sounds like a good movie. Worth a watch better than the first one, if that's a glowing endorsement. Sure it is for sure. somebody. Yeah. Someone out there. Um, Me again? Oh, I watched uh, that documentary on Hulu, Mining the Gap. Mine, skateboarding one right you told me to watch this the gap first i googled mining the gap and i was like nope that's not it <laughs> so for you listeners out there there's a d in there it's like a yeah there is <laughs> <laughs> and uh the title kind of has a double meaning to it um so this the whole documentary is about like this 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 kid who's basically like films his friends doing everything like he just has a camera on him at all times it's like basically like a life's work that he like compiled into a documentary but there's some sort of like through line where it falls like his like two or three best friends and like watching them try and grow up from like childhood to adulthood and like they have some issues where like they're like low class or like they've been abused and like they use skateboarding as like an outlet um but like all the skateboarding sequences are awesome and fun to watch but then like the movie kind of like it's a documentary so it doesn't really like break the fourth wall but like the filmmakers involved in the movie and like it touches on his story a bit and he skateboards too but he's not as much involved in skateboarding as the other ones are um but yeah i feel like everyone could probably relate to it like our age on some level I mean, we're a little bit older than they are now, but I'm sure we could, like, at least, you know, relate to them a bit from back when we were growing up or whatever. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, one of them has a kid at, a, at an early age, and, like, they're just, like, in that generation where, like, they don't really know what they want to do, and, like, they don't really want to work. They just want to, like, skateboard and have fun, but, like, life's kind of hit them, and they have to grow up and stuff. But it was good. Okay. Definitely worth a watch. Kind of unrelated, but have we talked about uh, mid '90s on the show yet? I don't think so. Um, How hyped are you guys? For I that? remember saying that I thought the title was stupid, but you title is it. stupid. But no, you liked it. Oh, I do like it, but it is stupid. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it has a lot of things for me to get excited about. Um, but like the trailer itself didn't like blow me away or anything. It didn't I'm blow me away, but I'm pretty though. interested in yeah. it. I love kids, so. Is this going to be like a <laughs> fucking well, kid diddler? No, a Harmony Crid <laughs> movie. Oh. <laughs> there was actually a, there's a shot in Mining the Gap of 
the kids watching kids in it, which I thought was kind of weird. I feel like it was on purpose. Poisoning the youth. Yeah, right. With that trash. <laughs> um, yeah, I think mid-90s is cool. Yeah. I like skateboarding stuff. It's cool. Any so type cool. of extreme sports. Except I feel like documentaries usually do it best. Yeah. You just kind of grasp on a little bit more. I'm more of an Icarus guy myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to watch that. Oh, dude. Check it out. Uh... How much more you got? You're going to keep going? Because I got one movie, two shows. Tom, you got what? One movie? No. I don't have anything. You're done? You already ran? Uh, Oh, you had another one. No. Just TV mainly. That was it? Yeah. Saw the best cameo. The funniest cameo I've ever seen, probably. It's Fred Armisen in episode one, I think, of uh, Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. You guys watch that show, Brooklyn Nine Nine? No, it's been on the list for a long time. I just started. I love that show. Do you remember the cameo? I mean, it's it's like the first episode, season so. one, episode one. Yeah, you can have to reiterate it for me. <laughs> it's just they go to the door and they're investigating, and Fred Armisen opens the door, and he's just like instantly got you laughing, right? Just as his face. He's just Fred a Armisen. hilarious person. Yeah, like, anything he's in is just like. But then he introduces so himself as Malipnos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I do. <laughs> and then he starts spelling it. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I do. It had me. It had me in stitches. It was hilarious. It's a good show. Yeah, worth it just for I need that to watch it. It's been on the list for a while. Everyone says I would love it. Yeah. I could uh, talk about one if you want to break, Travis. Sure. Uh, well, you can also help with this one. Uh, how to talk to girls at parties? Oh yeah. This is the new film from uh, John. Cameron, Cameron Mitchell, Mitchell uh, director of Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I have not. Because I watched those like pretty much back to back, and I thought Hedwig was way better. Yeah? Well, it was like a, a story. I mean, I still like how to talk to girls at parties, but it's pretty out there. It's, yeah, it's out there. <laughs> um, it wasn't what I was expecting, at least. So this movie is set... In the early 80s, late 70s, I can't recall exactly which, but it's in the UK, so it's like the punk boom, basically. Follows these teenagers, uh, this like trio of punk kids, and they stumble upon this like weird cult. Turns out they're aliens or something, and Elle Fanning like wants to learn more about the punk. So she like leaves with them. It's kind of a love story, but it's also a crazy like metaphysical like invasion of these this weird alien race who have this like weird hierarchy with these different subclasses and these weird rules and like it's pretty out there. It's it's a very strange strange movie. Um, I liked all the the music stuff and like the visuals were pretty awesome, but like the main like story and where it goes and stuff, I, it kind of lost me a bit. See, I, I I think it looks cool except for those like kind of otherworldly. Like they do this like kind of space stuff with these like planets aligning. I thought that stuff looks it's super like, corny. It's like wannabe Terrence Malick. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, like low budget. Um, it's um it's entertaining but it's just it's a little too out there like there's just way too many things going on that it didn't really Hmm. come together in any meaningful way for me like 
Uh, it was sporadically funny, always interesting, but not necessarily uh, hard to just like get into for me personally. Yeah, it's just it's pretty nuts. It's on Amazon. Um, it's worth checking out for sure. First, like twenty or thirty minutes, I was like, "Matt's gonna fucking love this movie." But then, as it <laughs> progressed, I'm like, "Maybe not." <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty zany. Like, there's a lot going on. It's 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 pretty messy, pretty messy yeah. movie. But um, I was entertained by it. It's for sure worth a watch. Um, but it might be better on a rewatch too. Maybe, or <laughs> it might just expose itself a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> Um, Matt's not gonna rewatch this. Movie. I'm not for sure. I'm not yeah. gonna watch it again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was cool. I admire its uh, weirdness. I like how out there it is. Yeah. Um, the only other things I watched, uh, I watched two magic shows. <laughs> I watched Go Magic on. for Humans. Which is a new Netflix uh, original series. It's pretty good, actually. So if you better like... than Dark Tourist, what does that have to do with? Well, I mean, if I were to start one of these trashy shows that you've watched, uh, Dark Tourist is not trashy. <laughs> this show, uh, it's not trashy. Magic for Humans <laughs> is. It's very feel good. So okay so this show is for anyone who likes magic but thinks david blaine takes himself too seriously because this guy is is very good he's a very good magician some of the tricks that he does like blew my mind but he's also just a very likable guy he's funny like each episode has a different theme so the tricks are revolved around a theme and it's all it's it's like a mix of like street magic and then like staged magic experiments like you guys may have seen the clip but it went viral one of the segments in one of the episodes is they convince a guy that he's invisible so like all of the people that are in this crowd are like but from craigslist they're just like they're they're in on the on the the trick basically so uh he makes a person turn invisible and then this guy who's not in on the joke is like, oh, that's crazy. So then he makes that guy invisible, but he's not. So he takes the thing off and the crowd reacts like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. And the guy's just in his chair, just like scared out of his mind. Like, <laughs> and then uh, the the magician like has to take an emergency phone call. So then the guy who thinks he's invisible is just, like, walking around the park, like, touching people. At one point, he, like, lays down right next to this couple, and they totally know he's there, but they're ignoring him. So he's basically <laughs> acting like he's invisible, but he's not. It's really funny. That sounds dangerous. Um, it's, a, it, it's a very entertaining show. And if you like magic, it's pretty dope. Hmm. Uh, and then the other one is uh, The Road Trick, which is... Uh, is this also on Netflix? Yeah. Slightly douchier magician. It's a whole like sub genre, magic documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the road trick sounds like a prostitution documentary. It's this were these like on your list of uh, because you watch dark tourists. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how the dark because you watch the... anything that Netflix puts on. Yeah, dude. The package. <laughs> All these sweet magic shows. Uh, this one is this like stage magician who like goes to Europe and he just goes to different European cities and like tries to connect with people through magic. 
Uh, it's not as good. I don't know why I watched it. Not recommended. Um, <laughs> uh, that's about it for me. Binge watch it in one night. It's not very good. I, uh, it was more like three days, funny. but <laughs> I don't know why I was. <laughs> I just committed to it, I guess. <laughs> I won't commit to any other TV, but like trashy magic television. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, are you done, Tom? I'm done, man. All right, I'll do a couple. Um, rewatches. I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey in the theater. 50th anniversary this year. Pretty huge. Cyrus, have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey? No. Oh, man. You got to change that, man. You would love it, I think. Uh, it's Matt's third favorite movie of all time. That's correct. You're going to really have to convince me because I have no clue what oh. the movie's about. Well, it's hard to really explain what the movie is about. I need a hook, um, man. It's the greatest saga of humanity from the dawn of of man's creation to ascension to a higher plane of existence. It's pretty nuts, especially the last like 20, 30 minutes or so. It There's like a 10 minute like scene of just like traveling through a black hole, just insane visuals. Nothing's happening other than just like crazy visuals is amazing it's kind of silly too because like you know it's just like negative shots of like the grand canyon or whatever yeah yeah like the whole like like the light sequence where it's like passing like by the screen and like the shots of his eye and yeah all the like it's also super pretentious because that's like a 10 minute oh yeah it goes on and on (laughs) but it's it's an awesome sequence. I mean, is it better than the sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> 2 when they're going... I love that sequence. Jump? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of hard to compare just because they were made like 50 years apart. But oh, I think you can compare them if you want. I think to. I... I one's funny give, and one's sincere. I'll give the edge to 2001 <laughs> and probably a lot so of So which instances. one's the funny one? Yeah, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> this guy hated Ragnarok. Uh, but uh, the first... Well, maybe not the first time I watched it, but I remember I put this on for my friend Zach and we like laughed at how like pretentious the beginning is because it takes like 10 minutes just to get to the actual movie. Like at most, least most of it's like a black screen and then the music and it's like slowly just ramping up to the title card or whatever. That's so good. And it's just like, dude, this guy is so into himself. But watching it this time, I totally understood why it's like that because like. The beginning of the time, it's all you darkness. You have to get in the mindset. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you can't watch this like you put yourself half there. Is, no it, is this a movie that I should watch sober or uh, otherwise? No, definitely otherwise. not sober. <laughs> I, have, I feel like on a first watch, yeah. <laughs> probably sober, yeah. I think. But on a rewatches, it's a good one to watch stoned for you sure. Want some of that devil's lettuce. On a first watch, though, uh, it's hard enough to kind of comprehend it and get into Draw it. the parallels and stuff yeah the so i line. think sober the first time every time after that whatever your drug of choice is <laughs> yeah well i've seen it i, I talked to uh, to matt about this a bit but i've seen it a few times and like there was stuff this time that felt completely fresh or like i just don't remember it at all like even like the lip reading sequence like i don't remember and even, that's like a big part of the movie i feel like mm-hmm. as far as like plot points go yeah yeah um but yeah, like I don't know, it's just like so audacious and like 
like no movie can compare to that especially from like the 60s like he was just working on a level that no one can compete with and it still holds up and looks amazing today like yeah it's crazy there's only the only things that don't really hold up and it, it still holds up but like the, the monkey costumes like they don't look great in the donna man scene like they, I, I still they're feel fine like they look but... good and like i feel like the actors do a good job like portraying age. they do it just it shows its age there, yeah you know what i mean because the space station stuff like oh it yeah. still looks amazing um you can definitely tell it's like a like a painting of earth though too but it's yeah, still yeah, like yeah. <laughs> but like the the space station sequences where it's like the classical music like mm-hmm. that that stuff still looks pretty good actually yeah um it is a slow movie but it's definitely worth it and like it's probably gonna go over your head the first time or two I still can't even really make sense of what's going on at the end of the movie. But, like, it's basically just, like, about how, like... It's just, like, a movie about evolution and, like, how eventually you get to a point where you evolve into this other being or existence. You should check it out, Cyrus. I think you would like it. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, I would definitely try and see it on the biggest screen possible. So not definition. Not a MacBook Air. No. <laughs> How's my Android? I forgot that there's. Uh, no, please don't do that. That's like <laughs> watching Dunkirk on your phone. <laughs> don't compare them. Oh, I can't. No. They're up there. What? Yeah, as far as filmmaking, yeah. What? Oh yeah, cream of the crop. <laughs> uh, Let's not get into Dunkirk. I, I like. You brought Dunkirk. it up. Well, I was just good. You yeah, but do you worship phone. it? Um, I mean, I don't worship he anything. He doesn't worship any movies. <laughs> so I have a shrine in my bedroom. If you want to check it out, I mean, does it have candles? I mean, there's a lot of candles around here. I'm noticing actually. It's very sensual. That's what we were going for. It's just, it's just a vibe. Sensual. That's vibe. also how I describe Travis's relationship with Dunkirk. It's very sensual. <laughs> I I describe it as predetermined. No way. No. I'm not writing my own narratives, all right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, we're writing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I don't know if I was going to say anything else about 2001. Oh, the intermission. I wasn't expecting an intermission. Did they yeah. actually do the intermission? Yeah. Well, and I saw it at Cinerama a few years ago when they did the 70 millimeter, and I'm pretty sure they did the intermission yeah. there. Yeah. But I had totally forgot about the intermission until there was another intermission this last time I saw it. I was like, God damn it! And I have to sit through ten or fifteen minutes of it because it's not—it's not that long of a movie. It's—it's it's long, but it's like what two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you could go without an intermission. Yeah, there's no intermission in fucking Return of the King. Like, yeah, it's like three and a half hours. I would actually be okay with intermissions like this day and age for anything over like two and a half. Hours. Well, yeah, because you complain any movie over a hundred minutes, really like, yeah, <laughs> felt its length. Yeah. <laughs> Really could have done with intermission 45 minutes in. <laughs> or, Tom, you should watch this movie. It's only 90 minutes. Well, cause then you it's have, only like, 70 minutes. I like the idea of, like, having a chance to, like, get up and stretch your legs or, you know, go to the bathroom and not miss anything. Maybe get a refill on your soda. Tom, that appeals to you, Ice right? cold yeah, right? Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like movie filmmakers who make long movies need to reintroduce the intermission. That's actually something I noticed when I was watching Crazy Rich Asians yesterday was they had this introductory where it was like, you know, them eating popcorn and drinking a really nice 
tall cup of coca-cola are you talking about the regal short films yeah that we yeah, that's why I, that's why i buy the coca-cola i know i regretted not buying a coca-cola watching that and exactly. i feel like they inserted that way too late into the yes the thing. why isn't that before the trailers i don't right. get it they would make so much money right because <laughs> at that point i'm like too invested in planting my ass in that seat and not yeah. moving yeah. So when you got maybe two minutes before the movie starts at that point. Right. And then when I did want to get a soda, they're like, oh, yeah, we're uh, all of our we're all cashed out now. Can't get a soda. I'm like, what? you seen a movie at like 1130 at night or something or what? I went at 10 and then I got up because uh, yeah. I really wanted a soda at that point. They stopped serving stuff. Yeah. It's Sorry. Kind of... Last call on co. <laughs> it's kind of BS. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. They, I mean, that does happen, but usually not. Usually, you'll keep that stuff open through, like at least halfway through whatever your last yeah. showing of the well, night I, is. I guess I never go to movies that late, and I would probably rarely ever go get concessions in the middle of a movie, especially that late of a showing. So I've never really been in that situation before, but it just seems odd. It was also at a really dull part in the movie. Like I said, the first like two-thirds of it or whatever kind of meh so okay whatever well uh i've rewatched inception been a long time i know people adore that movie it's I better than dunkirk that's for sure my boy but after he did dunkirk i feel like he kind of shot towards the top of the list uh it's not better than dunkirk it's absolutely better than and dunkirk. i I do really like the movie, but I feel like it's on a certain pedestal, so I I just feel like I don't like it as much as other people do. You want it to be knocked down a peg? I want it to like it more than I do. But yeah, I guess I don't see why people love it so much. I really don't think it's as good as Dunkirk because it doesn't have Tom Hardy in a mask. Yeah. So it's really... You had me for like the level. first half of that sentence, and then you kind of went... <laughs> Down a different path, but you thought he was going to be earnest, and he yeah. said it was a punchline. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like I, I really like this guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Inception—it's cool. Um, the whole dream thing is cool, but I feel like the dreams could be a little bit more inventive, like than they are. Than they are. You weren't satisfied with the city folding in on itself. No, I just feel like if if you have that capability to just to go nuts with dreams, like they should be a little more crazy or interesting. And the movie's also just kind of silly. Pretty interesting. If you break it down, it's a very like silly movie. Like we're talking about like dreams within dreams, bro. Yeah, infiltrating people's like dreams or minds or whatever, and like it's like a total like I don't know. I feel like this would be like a teenager's wet dream as far as like a movie premise. Like what? turning, infiltrating people's dreams into like action sequences where it's like a heist. Like that just sounds like kind of childish to me. Like if you really break it down, you know what I mean? I don't know if it sounds childish. Not like childish, I guess, but like adolescent-ish, <laughs> like <laughs> teenager-ish. Like I <laughs> You don't agree? Like, it just seems... Kinda... I don't really know what, what you're... Like, the whole idea of the movie, it seems kind of silly. Yeah, it's, it's kind of silly, sure. I don't yeah. really know what that has to do with, like... Well, I would equate, like, silliness to, like, maybe not being... Youth? As, like, yeah. 
I, mean, uh, I think I kind of know where you're getting at with it. It does seem like it lacks some of the maturity of some of Christopher Nolan's other movies like Dunkirk yeah. or Interstellar or Interstellar. Yeah. Definitely. Like there's uh kind of it's I don't know. It definitely hits that kind of there's a lot of cool edgy action scenes and stuff like that. But it seems like the scenes are just there to look visually great, you know? Yeah, well, and the action itself, to me, is kind of underwhelming. Like, the hallway sequence, I know that's the scene that everyone loves, but, like... I don't love that one. It doesn't do that much for me. And, like, the end, like, sequence where they're, like, in the snow, that's probably, like, the the highest high in the movie as far as action goes. But there's really nothing that stands out as far as, like, sweet action sequences. Like, everything in Dunkirk is better. Like, Mad Max Fury Road, like... Even like John Wick or like yeah. the Raid movies, like they have way more exciting action sequences than Inception is Inception like. Is like the Matrix fused with James Bond. Yeah, that's like a good somewhere way to put in it. between. But even like the Matrix, I would say the Matrix has way better action sequences than Inception does. We gotta rewatch the Matrix. Yeah, still holds up. Greatest movie of all time. <laughs> oh, that was Thirteenth uh, uh, Warrior. Well. They were probably tough for me to split when I was 16. But yeah, where do you guys sit on Inception? I think it's great. Liked it. Love it? Sure. Star rating off the top of your head? Probably a four and a half. Okay. That's but I haven't I'm seen at. it in forever. Yeah, Matt? four and a half. Oh, okay. Okay, so I guess maybe we're in agreement. I'm just pointing out the uh, flaws to a more extreme degree. <laughs> <laughs> uh are we done <laughs> you're the one who's still going Everyone's bud looking at me oh okay one last movie everyone's dying to hear about this i watched <laughs> this was popular uh, demand 1973 <clears throat> classic walking tall not the one with the rock no because it's from 1973 <laughs> <laughs> the original not the remake uh it's starring the guy who's brandy's dad in joe dirt joe don baker uh, I don't know. It's Brandy's dad in, in Joe Dirt. Yeah. Who's <laughs> Brandy? The, the love interest in yeah. Joe Dirt. Joe Don Baker. Anyways, it's like a exploitation movie. Uh, if you want to see this dude beat the shit out of some uh, townspeople with a big stick, then uh, this movie's right up your alley. Uh, doesn't have the rock, so I'm not really <laughs> sold. <laughs> It's it's pretty low budget. It's just like a and like a pretty like generic or like small premise. Uh, it's basically about this guy who moves to this small town. It's like got like a corrupt like law justice system, and he wants to go in and like make things right. So there's like an something that happens that basically sets him off to want to do this, and he eventually becomes like the sheriff. But then he's almost like turning bad because like he's getting like a feel of this power um but then he kind of goes back again and it's good um but yeah i feel like it was kind of ahead of its time because it's like dealing with like class and like race and then just like a flawed justice system and like how there's good and bad within a justice system there was a lot in this movie given what it is because it's just like a low budget like exploitation movie but there's like a lot of 
like commentary in it. And I never saw the rock version, so his weapon Neither of choice I. is a stick. I think it's like a two by four in yeah. the rock version. <clears throat> but in this, it's just like a, a thick branch that he was like carving. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's on Amazon um, Prime. I mainly watched it because I was talking to movies with my uncle a while back, like last summer, and we were going over movies, and he's like, oh, you have to watch this one. And I saw it on Showtime or Stars, so I like started like the first couple minutes of it, but it was like full frame. It's like, what is this? Oh. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this movie was like made back when it was full frame was like the normal whatever. Right. So then when I popped it on last night on Amazon, boom, widescreen HD, and I was in. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. I, I could probably, you know, ramble on about a couple other things I've watched, but I'll save everyone. I'm satisfied. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, I think we're good. Cool. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, next time on the show, The Predator. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be huge. Yes. The new Predator, directed and written by Shane Black, who did The Nice Guys, Iron Man 3. Starring, uh, old Chiron from Moonlight. Oh, old really? <laughs> yeah. Mm, we better watch all of the Predator movies in in preparation for this. So there's what? Uh, three of them? Five if you count the Alien vs. Predator yeah, ones? I was going to say, are you going to include all the offshoots like in that Are you committing universe? to that? No. Are we committing to that? Because I'm not committing to that. I'm just throwing it out there. The, the fir- first one's on Netflix. The first one is amazing. And I have it on 3D Blu-ray. Yeah, it's one of It's the, the third best action film of all time. I'd have to do my research, but I'm probably right there with you. Uh, also coming out, uh, White Boy Rick. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, The Nun. Latest <laughs> film in Travis's favorite cinematic universe. <laughs> Who cares? The Conjuring. Um, yes. Well, the fact that the Conjuring universe exists. Fuck off, movie. Fuck off. What's his name? James. James Wan. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> it's going to be huge. Cyrus, are you, have you seen trailers for The Nun? The Nun looks no. so bad. I've seen The Conjuring, and I actually really like The Conjuring, but I didn't see the... What was it? Was there a sequel already? Yeah. I yeah. haven't seen that, and I haven't seen any of the trailers for The Nun. I actually don't really watch a lot of trailers, so... Get on you. So are the worst. The nun is a character from Conjuring Two, similar to how Annabelle was a spinoff of the first Conjuring. This is a spinoff of the second Conjuring. So see, I tried watching Annabelle and I just couldn't get into it as much as I did the Conjuring. Conjuring is dope. What a piece of shit franchise. The, by the, way. <laughs> the first Annabelle was supposed to be terrible. The second Annabelle, I heard, was actually supposed to be pretty good, right? Yeah, but three spinoffs, like two different characters, like hey, dude, we'll make money. Fuck off, James <laughs> um, so Predator, The Nun, White Boy Rick, um, Peppermint. I'll I know Haley wants to see that. Two of those. We'll see the Predator for sure. Oh, yeah. No or, offense, Haley, sure. but who in their right mind wants to see Peppermint? <laughs> What's Peppermint? It's uh, the new uh, Jennifer Garner, like, Taken-esque. <laughs> oh, my it's God. It's directed by the guy who did Taken. Um, it looks terrible. Um, I might watch it just to make fun of it, though. 
Might as well. I Maybe. got a list. You know. What else am I gonna do? Watch Walking Tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's gonna do it for this week, Cyrus. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll hopefully have you back another time. If you'll if you'll have us, we'll have you have us. Yeah, actually, I do want to see the Predator, so I might come back for that one if I'm invited again. Feel free to bring more um, pork belly if that's something that you're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I may or may not. Uh, it just happened. I had a shitload of it, and I was going to pawn it off on you guys in mm. the case that it was terrible. So mm. thank you for being science Did you just feed us bad meat? <laughs> uh, you know, it did say the expiration date was sometime in 2017 of December. However, it was in the freezer for the whole That's time. That's fine. So. When he said he smoked it, he just let it sit out in the sun <laughs> yeah, while right. he smoked cigarettes next to it. <laughs> It was from a couple weeks ago, and it was real smoky out. Yeah, it was your ashtray for about a week, and then oh, that was your rub, just cigarette ash. <laughs> oh my god! I actually just let it sit out on the porch for a while and put kind of a cage around it so that the raccoons couldn't get to it. We have a really big raccoon problem, and our dog keeps trying to fight it. Uh, the raccoons, that is, it's one like two of the fights out of like three. So yeah, it's pretty bad out there. Does your dog? have its rabies shots he does now <laughs> okay good. good after he contracted rabies <laughs> yeah, from a raccoon. Right. one of my dogs went after a couple raccoons and he just got lit up oh no they destroyed him yeah and this dog for reference is about the size of matt so yeah whoa it's a big ass dog not that I'm a big ass man. But <laughs> for dog, you're a human. To a dog, yeah, you're a giant dog. He's is uh he's a Malamute, yeah. Yeah, he's a Malamute mix. Actually, he's my roommate's dog, but I kind of steal him sometimes. So yeah, I got money on your dog then, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty big. I think he could probably eat Matt, but Matt's convinced he can fight a warthog too. So. Matt, could you eat his? Dog? I forgot about that. <laughs> That's a conversation for another time. <laughs> Not getting into the warthog thing. <laughs> I get heated. That is another show. <laughs> uh, what can Matt like? <laughs> uh, okay, so that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. You know the drill. Tell your friends. We appreciate it. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you all. We'll be back. Bye. Bye.